0: Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's a beautiful fall day here in Vermont. The leaves are turning... I think it's going to be awesome leaf peeping, even though it's been so dry, unbelievably dry. There's actually a drought going on here. I've never seen the river so low and the ponds and things like that. So I know some places are getting drenched in rain. We could send some of that rain here and to California, first and foremost, foremost. Out west. Well, let's start with a blessing. So grateful and thankful to join together here and now. Taking this beautiful breath of love and gratitude, we are grateful and thankful to place our hand on our heart and partner up wholeheartedly with the higher Holy Spirit Self, so grateful, so thankful to join together to recognize the infinite love and truth that is the foundation of our life and being. We are truly grateful, truly grateful that we can align with the divine, that we can eliminate chaotic thinking and all experiences that feel like chaos We are grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the infinite intelligence that is the very nature of our being. So the wisdom, the clarity, the beauty, the truth, all of it, we're claiming our inheritance. And we're allowing ourselves to experience a mighty, mighty healing. We are grateful for the opportunity we've given ourselves And we are sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. (laughs) And happy equinox, too. Yeah, it's not that common to have the equinox on the 22nd. Today is one of my dearest friend's birthdays and my sister-in-law's birthdays. Very auspicious have it on equinox so we've been talking about the laws of chaos for weeks now it's been so rich who knew (laughs) so let's jump into this fourth law of chaos and see what it brings to us So let's just recap here. First law of chaos is that people have different versions of the truth. That the truth is different for different people. And uh, that's insanity. Truth is true. Beliefs are not true. And there's only one version of the truth. The rest is illusion. The second law of chaos is that everybody is a sinner or everyone must sin and because of that we are deserving of punishment and death we're deserving of attack and death punishment and not correction All right so you can see how these play out in our life so strongly and we really are seeing them everywhere oh my goodness then we've got the third law of chaos which is that essentially God is mistaken we're right God is wrong and now there's a load of trouble <laughs> because just think about that if we could find God wrong it It would be, we would be without shelter, without home, without rest. Uh, We would be lost in time and space. And there are quite a few things where Jesus points out to us, if that were true, you'd be lost in time and space. He doesn't say that here, but it seems uh, that that would be the giant fear if we, uh, if God were wrong and we are right and God is making mistakes and we are correcting them that now we, we've got way more responsibility than we can handle. And we've got no one to go to, right? And that's not what we want. That will not do. <laughs> this leads us to the fourth law of chaos, which uh, Jesus says here, If the others are accepted, must be true. So if you accept the first three laws of chaos, then this one has to be true. He says, and this is chapter 23, section 2, paragraph 9 of the text. He says, This seeming law is the belief you have what you have taken. By this and another's loss becomes your gain. And thus it fails to recognize that you can never take away, save from yourself. Yet all the other laws must lead to this. For enemies do not give willingly to one another, nor would they seek to share the things they value. And what your enemies would keep from you must be worth having, because they keep it hidden from your sight." So this is uh, really something we see play out in our life all the time, right? So it's, of course, miracles tells us we're entitled to miracles, but that's not the ego perspective. The ego perspective is you either have to steal what you have, take it, or you have to work hard for it. And I can tell you that uh I remember one time I might have been in my twenties when my I was telling my mother about something I'd like to do. I can't even remember what it was, and she said well i I believe you can do it i i I know you can accomplish it. it's going to be very hard, but you can definitely accomplish it." And it, I was so glad that she said that, in that way, because it became like a bell in my mind, right? So I, I've I've said many times that Ernest Holmes, is founder of Science of Mind, has a beautiful quote that I love about healing and time, and he says, "Healing does not take time. The only time it takes to have a healing." is the time that it takes to have a realization so in that moment in the kitchen with my mother I had a realization oh I have always believed in this lifetime I have always believed that it's hard to do things you really would like to do that are significant it's going to be hard and I realized oh It doesn't have to be hard. I don't want it to be hard. Not at all. Please, no. No, 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 no. So uh, let's get on the easy track. Let's live in grace and harmony. So my invitation to you right now is to think about where you're bringing a belief like I did that things have to be hard, that they are hard, and can you remove that? Can you let that go? Things get ingrained to us, uh, we bring them in from previous incarnations, and then they 're they 're further amplified by our experiences in this lifetime, which uh, it, what that does that amplification. It supports us in recognizing, oh, goodness, this is pain-causing, like I, I had that experience in the kitchen. It leads us to realizations uh, so that we can decide to let that false belief go. So here's the, the law again. You have what you have taken. Everything you have, you've taken it. By this, another's loss becomes your gain. So in order for us to gain, someone else has to lose. And do we not see that in most of our sports and things like that? Now understand, I'm not being critical. This is the world of duality, so that's what we see. We see the duality. But this, this someone's loss becomes your gain. That is the nature of most sports. Now, I love to play games. I'm not a sports person. Uh, I just, I never got into it. I like to go to a baseball game. I do. I like to sit out in the stands, you know, baseball's outdoors. So I like that. I like I like I like any excuse to sit outdoors. So I like to sit out in the baseball stands. I like to be around the people, you know, back in the day, it was the one time I would ever consider having a hot dog. And um eating the popcorn and cheering and I loved all that I really did um the winning and losing not so much um I don't know I just never got into sports but I can appreciate them I don't I don't you know disparage them at all I think if anybody can find something they really enjoy uh, that 's a wonderful thing that 's an absolutely wonderful thing and people do love and enjoy sports and I know they miss them tremendously, which i can I can understand so anyway, um, I like to play games and board games and card games and thing, games of uh, other kinds of skill and uh, I do and i uh, <laughs> I really like a game called The Settlers of Catan. And Catan is C-A-T-A-N. So my family's been playing that game for years. It's one of our favorite games. And um, it's a game of strategy. And it's also a game that depends on the roll of the dice. So it's both. And that's one of the things that makes it nice. And uh, last Thanksgiving... I uh got together I, I was out in Scottsdale Arizona and for my it was my 60th birthday and I cooked a big Thanksgiving dinner uh my friends drove in fr- uh, from Out of town, and my friends who live in Scottsdale, we all got together, and we got together many times over the course of a week. And my friends from out of town stayed with me. We had a good time. Well, one of the things we did was we started playing catan every day, sometimes twice a day. My uh, and I have a friend who flew in from New York, and so the four of us, the men didn't, the four women were playing, and the men didn't play. So, uh, it was so interesting to see how each person 's personality played out in the game now, having played many times with my family when I first started playing, there are certain aspects of the game where you can you have the option to uh, limit other people and to put limitations on them and i i didn 't like doing that, but I noticed my nephews my sister in law My brother, the people who play, they had no problem doing that. And when they first put the limitation on me, which was totally optional. They didn't have to. I said, oh, gosh, why would you do that to me? And they're, they're like, it's a game, Jen. It's a game. And that's how you play. So I can win. I'm going to put this limitation on you. Well, usually when people did that, it always cost them later. I could see the karma in the game, in the roll of the dice and things like that. didn't mean I would win or anything, but I could just see that there were penalties that they seemed to pay uh, for having made those choices. When I was playing with my three girlfriends, one of them, they immediately were like, okay, yes, I'm going to put this on you. And I said, as I was explaining the rules to everybody, I said, you can totally do that. You always have the option to do that. And I just want to make a case for it. I have observed it brings negative karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, some people took my advice, some people didn't take my advice. Life, right? Nobody needs to take my advice. I really was just saying, this is my experience of playing the game. So I never did that. I never put the uh, thing on people unless I absolutely had to. And uh, I forget what that little monkey's called. The robber, that's what it's called. And uh, my friend who was putting the robber on after like four games, she said, I think you're right about this thing. I said, yeah. She really had proved it. And so she said, I'm not going to do that this time, this game. I'm not going to do that. And and she did much better. I I don't remember who won and who lost. But I do remember the last game. uh, At one point, she said, I think we better count up the points here. Because I think Jennifer's very close to winning. So we counted up the points, and she said, Jennifer, you, you've won. You've already won. I said, I, I know. I, I won a few turns ago, but I didn't want to say anything because we're having so much fun, and I enjoy playing the game so much. It doesn't matter to me who wins. I just enjoy playing the game." I like doing well, but I don't care if I win. And that is so different for me because when I used to play Monopoly, I can remember playing Monopoly at eight years old. It was my favorite game. I just loved it. Seven, eight years old. But if I wasn't winning and I saw I was starting to really lose badly, I would even pick up the game and throw it, toss it, destroy it. I would get so upset. So I really get this fourth law of chaos, that another's loss becomes your gain. And so my mindset when I was younger was I was always looking for the gain, understanding that it would be somebody's loss, and I felt guilty. But I didn't like feeling guilty, so that made me angry That in order for me to win, I had to be saddled with this guilt. Because my winning meant somebody else was losing. And I didn't like it. It made me so, so angry. And still, I wanted to win no matter what. So Jesus is telling us here, what your enemies would keep from you must be worth having. Because they keep it hidden from your sight. Now, isn't this something that we see played out a lot on the world stage, that people are hiding their resources, hiding what they have, because someone will come and get them, right? Uh, Russia will invade Ukraine to get its resources to dominate the people there so that they, they then become a resource for Russia, we we see this all over the place, right? The the pilgrims left England to have religious freedom, and then, and in in their own ways, it seemed to have embodied tyranny anyway. Um, life we're healing all these things, and then what happens is the British, of course, reach across and <laughs> find a way. To um, go there and taxation and all that. So this is the way of the ego. So this is the way of the world because the world at this point still has a lot of ego domination. Though less and less all the time. And the more that uh, people act from this kind of thinking of My gain becomes your loss, and that's okay with me. Um, We see that the repercussions, we live in the time of instant karma, so it comes around really fast. And it's like a boomerang, and it smacks you in the head. It depends on what it is, of course, but if you send to have love, give all to all. To have love, give all to all. Give all love, all patience, all kindness, all generosity. That's the way to do it. Uh uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. That's the way. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Give all to all. Okay. (laughs) Little Casey and the Sunshine Band break there. Um, All right. Going on to paragraph 10 here. Chapter 23, section 2, paragraph 10. All of the mechanisms of madness are seen emerging here, colon. The enemy made strong by keeping hidden the valuable inheritance that should be yours. Your justified position and attack for what has been withheld. And the inevitable loss the enemy must suffer to save yourself. So, let's just say this in another way and put it into um our daily life. So, think of uh, a family and the children grow up. Now they're adult siblings and the parents can manipulate them by saying, "Oh, I'm going to give this one the inheritance. I'm going to give that one" The inheritance, I'm going to cut this one out. I'm going to give this one their inheritance now. And then if I have some left, I'll give you some later. And uh, there are situations where siblings will coerce their parents into rewriting their will to their advantage. Not telling anybody, keeping it hidden. And... Their gain becomes their brother's or sister's loss, which they've done to manipulate the whole situation. So then, if the sibling who was cut out contests it, right, then it becomes a justified attack, a justified attack. These things are so common as a spiritual counselor for 20 years. I can tell you I've heard a lot of this kind of thing. So this is the fourth law of chaos playing out here. So all of the mechanisms of madness are seen emerging here. The enemy made strong by keeping hidden the valuable inheritance that should be yours. Right? So that's the enemy is the brother who has managed to manipulate so that they have the valuable inheritance and there's none for you. So now your justified position and attack for what has been withheld. You are justified in your attack for what has been withheld. And that the enemy, your brother... Uh, will have an inevitable loss and suffer because that's how you can save yourself, only through attack. So he says, thus do the guilty ones protest their innocence, right? When we attack like that, we are the guilty ones because we have attacked and we are protesting that we're innocent. It says here, were they not forced into the foul attack by this unscrupulous behavior of the enemy? They would respond with only kindness. So, I mean, this is, we, it's classic. We see it in in television shows and movies and things like that. That uh, these manipulations happened and the just the attack is now justified. And We are the innocent ones who are doing the attack now because we wouldn't have attacked if they hadn't taken our stuff. And Jesus says, But in a savage world, the kind cannot survive. So they must take or else be taken from. This is the choice, right? This is why the meek shall inherit the earth, right? Those. Who are not willing to attack. And that's what I found in my playing of the game Catan. If I didn't attack, then I did much better. It's the way of real life. It is the way of real life. I'm coming up on a break, and I'd like to say right now a huge thank you to all the people who support and make donations because it really does make it possible for us to pay our salaries and offer new free things at the Power of Love Ministry. One of the best ways you can do that is sign up for the A Course in Miracles text messages, acimtexts.com acimtexts.com and then you can um, sign up and you can make a $1 donation or you can make a recurring donation whatever you like all the options are there so thank you for your love and support what also really helps is if you write a review the more current reviews there are at wherever you get your podcast from the more the podcasters show it to others so thank you for that i'm jennifer hadley you're listening to a course in miracles on unity online radio where we're living the love we're walking the talk and i will be right back thank you for tuning in for a course in miracles living the love walking the talk we are back yay we made it back (laughs) all right so just before i launch into the uh laws of chaos again i'd like to make a couple of quick announcements here finding freedom is coming up it's going to start in just a few weeks this is my spiritual boot camp class many people right now they have more time and uh they say uh You know, I always felt if I had more time, I would put it into my spiritual practice, but I haven't. People have been telling me that. And so if you have the time and you have the inclination, this is a way to end this year feeling absolutely like a rock star, a spiritual rock star. And, you know, for some of us, like for us in the United States... Those in the Northern Hemisphere, we're coming into the darkest days. It's the autumnal equinox, and we're driving fast to the darkest days. And when the holidays come, it can be really challenging for a lot of people, brings up a lot of stuff. For those who are in the Finding Freedom boot camp during this time, it, it, it's a liberation. I see it year after year because I've been doing this class since 2008 so I've been doing it for 12 years so I've I've seen the amazing results that people have and then you can start the new year absolutely buoyant feeling so on track ready to rock and make next year the best year ever And so I always see people do that every year. It's extraordinary how quickly and how much they can change how they feel about themselves, how they improve their relationships, their health, their wealth, so many different aspects of their life. But most of all, their sense of peace and harmony. And now, I won't say that it's easy because it's not. There's real work involved. The people who have the greatest success put the most effort into it. Truly, they do. If you've been thinking about taking Masterful Living for years, as many people tell me they do, uh, why don't you plan on it for next year? Registration will be opening up probably late October. So if you take finding freedom now, you will be so ready for masterful living. Of course, you can take masterful living without taking finding freedom. There are not, uh, there's no requirement there. Just many people who do take finding freedom say, oh, that really was a great preparation for masterful living. But you don't need a preparation. So I'm just laying these things out. The other thing I would like to share with you is that I'm offering a free 40-day meditation challenge that starts on Saturday, and it's called the uh, Kirtan Kriya Challenge. There are so many benefits to this simple meditation practice. It's totally free. It's totally free go to jenniferhadley.com and you'll find it uh, certainly on the events page maybe on the home page or the blog page and uh, this is a meditation that helps reduce anxiety helps you sleep better uh, helps with memory loss Alzheimer's patients have been scientifically proven to have gotten real tangible benefit from it it's very simple it's enjoyable And you can do it easily in 15 minutes a day. So I've laid out all the research, the videos, how to, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all free for you. Come join my challenge. (laughs) I love to offer free things. That's another thing that your tithes and offerings make it possible for us to do. Because it takes our staff to be able to... uh, do all these things the web pages the graphics the videos blah blah it just takes so much and all of that takes money we have to pay the staff to do their jobs of course we do and so I thank you to the tithers you make these things possible so let's dive back into the laws of chaos here. We're on the fourth law of chaos. And one of the important things that Jesus said to us in paragraph 10 here, chapter 23, section 2, he talks about, and this is, he talks about this in many different places in the course, that our attack is never justified, and that our, when we're defending ourselves, it is a veiled attempt to hide our desire to attack. We now feel justified in our attack. And I've done whole podcast episodes on that because it's, wow, it is such, I mean, for me, it was one of the biggest patterns in my mind to unhook. So we're unhooking this pattern uh, with these awareness, developing the awareness of the laws of chaos so we can see them operating Right. It's like in in the Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy realizes, oh, wait, there's a guy behind the curtain. Now she's not afraid of Oz anymore. Right. So when we can see these patterns behind the curtain and say, oh, ego, I see you. you got nothing on me because you have no power. I have all the power because my mind is the mind of God and you're nothing. You're not a being you have no power, you have no volition, you have nothing. You're just an empty bag of bones. A bunch of thoughts that I do not choose to think anymore. I choose liberation today, now, this moment. And You are no longer the authority in my life. Spirit is the authority in my life. Love is the authority in my life. Wholeness is the authority in my life. Joy is the authority in my life. And I am free. We've already been freed a long time ago. And we're finding freedom in our awareness, in our heart, by interrupting these patterns and becoming dedicated to it, devoted to it. It's a rigorous spiritual practice of liberation. And many people, instead of liberating, they're managing and they're coping, they're managing and they're coping, and this need not be. So he says here, Think of it this way. I think it's really great to think about it in terms of an inheritance. Let's say your your sibling has connived to get your inheritance and they've stolen it from you. Now, what? Well, justified. I'm justified in going after him and... I have every right, absolutely, every right to do it, and this is these are the words Jesus says. were they not forced into this foul attack by the unscrupulous behavior of the enemy, they would respond with only kindness we We would be kind, oh my I would never attack my brother if he hadn't attacked me first. I, I'm the kind one. Kindness is my way, right? We feign this innocent, innocence. But th- think of this. Responsibility for sight, right? Section responsibility for sight. Everything I see is what I'm responsible for. I am responsible for what I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. That's my little phrase for it the condensation of it so if everything is just as i wish it would be and i choose the emotions that i will have then i must have wished my brother would deceive me and attack me so that i would be justified in my retribution do not kid yourself That this is not true. How you know what's really going on in your mind, and only you know this, it's by how you feel. This is why feelings are so important. When it feels chaotic, when you feel like you're having a meltdown, when you feel like you want to run and hide or you would like to attack or you would like to just lay down and collapse or whatever it is that you're feeling that doesn't feel fun and harmonious and peaceful and good, look at what you're feeling and ask the higher Holy Spirit self to trace it back to your thoughts, trace your thoughts back to your beliefs, unhook the beliefs. Now, you don't have to do that lake work. You don't. But it's often helpful because it's an education. But remember, the ego analyzes and the spirit accepts. So the other option for you is simply to go to the Holy Spirit and say, I'm not interested in these patterns of thought anymore. I'm not interested in justifying attack anymore. Attack can never be justified. It can never be justified. So, this is where Jesus tells us, you know, if we're justifying our attack and saying we would be kind had we not been attacked. But, good Lord, we need to defend ourselves. If that's our position, he says, in a savage world, the kind cannot survive So they must take or else be taken from. You see, the justification is there because of the world that we made. But we, you and I, are here to transform that world. Seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world, because that is how you change the world. So I do seek to change the world by changing my mind about the world. I do. I do, and I do that every day. And I know that the world is changing because I changed my mind about it. And I see that the world is changing. I see it. I feel it. I know it. And there's so much evidence for it. You can collect evidence for whatever you'd like. That's what the ego does. You, If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you will have heard me say that the ego is always collecting evidence. The ego thought system is an evidence-collecting thought system because it has to make a case, right? And this is what Jesus is talking about here, that you, you, you will basically be justifying your attacks. Who are you going to justify them to? Well yourself of course But the judge and the jury Who's the judge and the jury? It's all of life Because our minds are joined So this is why we end up talking to ourselves Saying but you know I I had a right to do that Because of blah 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 Right? And when we know we're doing that And we're trying to convince ourselves And justify And we're gathering evidence The ego analyzes What the spirit will just accept We accept this is what happened. The inheritance was stolen. I do not have to attack to get what is mine. Spirit will take care of it for me if I allow. My job is not to figure out how to get my inheritance back. That is not my job. My job is not to figure out how to defend myself in court. That is not. My job My job is to know the truth Cling to the truth Value the truth And realize that There is not A different kind of truth for everybody Everybody has their own versions Law of chaos, number one And uh, We are not sinners And we do not deserve to be punished Or attacked That's the second law of chaos Right? Right? So all sinners deserve to be attacked, killed, punished? No. Our way is correction. We correct our mind. We see it correctly. And we hold that our brothers and sisters will see it correctly too because we share the same mind. Never underestimate the potency of Holding that high watch, holding that space for someone to come to the truth. It's in them, and the opportunity is there. They have the full-on support of the Holy Spirit. Do not think that they don't. Do not think it will be hard for them. Do not think that they don't have what it takes. They do, and that is our job to hold that and not to be led into thinking that we're innocent and they're guilty and our attacks are justified. Attack is never justified. Think about it right now. This is life-changing if you let it be so. Realizations of truth are available right now. Where in your mind have you been justifying your attack? Against yourself or someone else? Who comes to mind? Whose face is there in your awareness? What are you thinking of? What are you remembering? Attacks you felt justified in making. Things you stole from others you felt justified because they stole from you first. You see, when we behave this way, and good Lord, I have behaved this way so much in my life, I cannot tell you. So it feels so icky, right? Don't, where do we feel it? We feel it in second and third chakras. Ugh. All three lower chakras, root, second, third. Ugh. Pains our heart. Oof. And then right up into our throat, now we're playing small. Living in lack, attack, limitation, and separation. Boom, 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 boom. Right up the chakras. Now we have no vision. We lose our connection to spirit because of our unloving choices. When we make these unloving choices to condemn, to attack, to say we're the victim, we would be kind if we hadn't been forced into this attack. If we weren't trying to justify our attacks, Then we could be kind and loving, but it's out of our control. You see, this is the mindset that I used to have. It's it's, uh, pure ego. And what I've learned, like even in the simple game of Settlers of Catan, that if I don't attack, if I allow everybody to flourish, I will flourish and I may just win the game. (laughs) Meaning that I would flourish the most. Everybody can still flourish. I don't have to. I can win the game where everybody is flourishing. That's what I'm interested in. Uh, Again, for me, winning the game is everybody is flourishing. Whether they flourish more than I do or not, I'm still a, a winner in the sense that everyone is flourishing. All boats rise on this tide of love. So this is the... The way that we can get our life back is to trust. Again, it comes back to trust, right? I know people who take my Finding Freedom and Masterful Living course over and over and over again. They tell me their main issue is trust, trust and faith, trust and faith. Well, trust and faith are... A spiritual practice where it's like you build the muscle of faith by making choices where you place your trust in love but if you're justifying your attack you are not placing your trust in love you're placing your trust in your own muscle which takes us back to that third law of chaos which tells us that we've come to the realization spirit is wrong Spirit is wrong. Spirit is wrong about how to live our lives. Spirit is wrong about who's good and whether or not we can be good. Uh, And so we can't trust spirit. Spirit's not going to take care of us. Spirit is not really in touch with our reality. So let's, let's keep going here. So... In a savage world, the kind cannot survive, so they must take or else be taken from. We're interested in survival, so we can't be kind in this world, is the thought that comes. So now he goes on to say, now there's a vague, unanswered question not yet explained. What is this precious thing, this priceless pearl, this hidden secret treasure to be rest? Rested in righteous wrath from this most treacherous and cunning enemy. Remember the enemy is our, our brother, our sister. It must be what you want but never found. And now you understand the reason why you found it not. For it was taken from you by this enemy and hidden where you would not think to look. Check this out. He hid it in his body, making it the cover for his guilt, the hiding place for what belongs to you. Now must his body be destroyed and sacrificed that you may have that which belongs to you. His treachery demands his death, that you may live, and you attack only in self-defense. This is the justification, whether we know it or not, that we've incorporated into our life. When we decide to be in a true partnership with that higher Holy Spirit self, and we have a real great willingness and strong intention, high aspiration, We can be in this partnership with the Holy Spirit, with the angelic realm, with the company of heaven, and we can affirm several times a day, I like to start my day, that I am here to be of service, and the greatest service that I can offer is to surrender the thoughts, beliefs, habits, and patterns of lack attack, limitation, and separation, and no longer keep them going. so this is the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life is to give up attack thoughts, but it, if it helps so much if we can remember that attack is never justified. And we've grown so used to attack, we don't even realize that we're doing it. Every year in Masterful Living, I always hear people say that when they started the year, and I was talking about focusing on eliminating these attack thoughts and uh, that we would really shift our mind hugely over the course of a year by eliminating the attack thoughts and get out of the habit of attack and defend, attack and defend. Exactly what Jesus is talking about here with this fourth law of chaos. Remember, when we're operating from these laws of chaos, we're justifying all our mishigas. We really are. So people will say to me, oh, four, five, six months into Masterful Living, they they will say, and you probably heard me say this too, they will say, so many of them say, Jennifer, I really thought I was one of the kindest people that I knew, kindest in my family, among my friends. I thought, I'm not judgmental at all. What is she talking about? I'm not a complainer. I'm not critical. I don't do those things. And they'll say after a few months in, they're like, OMG, almost everything I think is a complaint, a criticism, a judgment, an attack. I didn't even realize it. It's so constant, so pervasive. I didn't even know it was happening. Like a fish swimming in the ocean doesn't know the water is there because it's like us. We forget that the... The oxygen is there, but take it away, and we would be very aware of it. (laughs) So, But we forget that it's there because it's so constant. We've become completely uh, just inured to the complaints, the judgments, the criticisms. We don't even realize how much we're harming ourselves every single day. So I say this, not that anyone would feel bad about it, because that doesn't help anything at all. The thing for us is to remember to laugh and to be lighthearted about it. So this is why Spirit guided me in doing this work when I first started to really um, give it my all. I, I learned to say, oh my gosh, look how judgmental I was, just right there. Look at that judgment, that attack. Oh, it's a big fat one. Oh, I really, really was attracted to that. Oh, my goodness. How much was I interested in that? And then to offer it to the higher Holy Spirit self and say, I sure don't need this anymore. This one's for you, Holy Spirit. Please take it out of my mind so I never think it again. Heal it back to the root cause. Let me be done with it for." ever. And please do the same for everyone else who ever had a thought like this. We can read A Course of Miracles or we can live it. It's not about studying it. It's about living it. That's the secret to having extraordinary, miraculous transformation. Well, I didn't think I would but I'm going to spend another week on this. I am just loving this. So there's There's more in this section. It's so rich, and we'll take it up again next week. Again, my my meditation challenge, my Kirtan Kriya 40-day challenge is free. Sign up now if you'd like to do it. Uh, If you've got anxiety, memory, any kind of issues like that, Finding Freedom is coming, and thank you for your donations. Stick that breath together, hand on our heart. We're so grateful and so thankful that we can change our minds, and the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Amen.